This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> So talk to me about the amount of weight you have to put on your desk to have those creak noises. Very little. Well, here's what I just discovered as we were counting down to begin the episode. Yeah, yeah. If, um, so last episode there was a bunch of creaks, which you deftly removed from the final product, it would seem... I have. I, mean, I don't my, really listen that far in, but I got the impression that they were removed. I don't listen either. I just wave my magic wand over it. Yeah, and say remove all creaks. Well, well, I just realized that not only just like placing my hand, not even that forcefully on the desk, causes it to creak now, but actually, um, just adjusting the mic's position. So my mic is in a shock mount. It's on an arm with a shock mount, you know, kind of clamped to the side of the desk. And just readjusting the mic makes the whole desk creak. What is your desk made out of? It's like one of these, like, Target flat pack computer desks. I bought it in 2002. So this desk is older than my daughter, maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. She's got creaks. I can only imagine how many creaks this desk has. Yeah, it, this desk needs to be uh, decreaked or removed. It's not acceptable. You need to say good night. podcast studio <laughs> of some sort that this is in, yes. Good night, sweet prince. Thank you for your service. Farewell, desk. Thank you for your service, Brad. This is a motto that I've come to embrace. And it happened when, you know, back when we were in college and we moved every fucking year. And sometimes I look back on it and it's like, why did we move every year? Now, I was on the seven-year program because I dropped out there for a little while. Okay. And we moved every fucking year. And every year that we had to move, (laughs) there was so, so much shit and these were not large places for the most part, you right. know? Apartments. Well, we thought it was large shit at the time. We did. They, we had no idea now that we own homes with families that we've lived in for 10 years at a time. You're giving me a panic attack right now. When I think about the mass of items that we have in this home. Oh, yeah. It gives me, it gives me an attack as well. Thinking about it, it's driving me crazy. Uh, where we, you know, and the thing is, we decide to throw a bunch out, and we do, but it doesn't make a difference. Doesn't make a lick of difference. It's not even a dent. Not even like, a you dent. You have to spend all day, every day for two months throwing things out to make a dent. Then you'd have a dent. Then you'd be back where we were in college days, yeah. which was horrific. We would spend like, you know, because. The way that town worked was so fucked up because there was a two-week window 
where they brought the little robots in to clean all of the apartments and repaint them and patch up the holes mm-hmm. in the walls and, you know, shampoo the urine stains out of the rugs. But there was a two-week dead spot where you couldn't live anywhere. So if you were a, a year-round resident and a student, there were two weeks out of the year, you were fucked. If you were moving, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, it was just fucking crazy. So you had to like jump through all these hoops and like finagle your way into like moving in early or moving out late. And yet one year of acquiring shit and we didn't have any money. So I don't know where we got all the shit, but was like dumpsters and dumpsters full of crap. Mm-hmm, and it, it used to seem like everything was so precious. Like, this is my item. This is my belonging. But we got to the point a couple years in where it was like, you, you took a critical eye and you weren't mean about it. You didn't treat the item like a dick. You looked at the item and it was either going to stay or go. And the tendency was to go because you needed to minimize. But if it was going to go... You treated it with fucking respect, and you said, Hello, globe that I've had since 1982, that, you know, especially considering, like, fucking Eastern Europe, it does not reflect reality, and it only has sentimental value and maybe historical value, but you can just fucking Google that shit if you want it. Hello, globe that I've had for 20-something years. Thank you for your service. And you throw it the fuck away. Boom. And I remember Boom. moving thank out. You. Of, thank you for, your, for service. your service. And the one time we moved out of our place, we told so many items. Thank you for your service. This couch that we had. You remember the brown couch that had like the flip up. It was a one, two, three high. Yes. You know, by the time we were done with it, it had, like, parakeet shit all over it. Or not parakeet. Parrot. Chili Palmer. Chili the parrot. Shit all over it. And, like... But a lot of good memories there. But we moved out of the one place, and we had to tell that couch. Like, And that was our family couch growing up. It was in the basement in the hangout area when we were growing up. Me and my brother, you might know him. His name is Dave. Mm Mm-hmm. And that stayed with us for a long time. But it was like, you know what? Thank you for your service. And we put it outside by the dumpster. Yeah. Well, when that left your parents' house to go to 123 High Street, that was kind of like it was already thrown out at that point. It was dead. And you were, in essence, just using trash to sit on. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But awesome trash. Yeah, no, no doubt. The awesomest trash ever. But then, like, we had lamps from that house. Thank you for your service. We had, like, a recliner. Thank you for your service. Um, (laughs) There was, like, a uh, coffee table, which I think had been in our family for a while, but we had fucked it up so bad. It was like, thank you for your service. And we ended up with all the shit out there in the parking lot by the dumpster, so we just arranged it in like a living room fashion. So there was an entire living room out there and we just, we made it nice. So like we actually went and hung out there by the dumpster and sat in the 
couch right. because it wasn't trash day yet. It was probably nicer than in, in, in indoors. Because there was less space. You know, there were fewer empty beer bottles and no beer stains out there. Granted, you were sitting next to a dumpster, but... Boy. But yeah, and that was only like one year at a time of collecting yeah. terrible shit. Well, I never had that, like, you have to move out experience. How? I don't know. It just didn't work that way. I lived in one apartment and then another apartment. And both of those were two-year gigs. Okay, well, you probably Granted, had it, but you had it every other year instead of every year. Well, I just think what happened was maybe this just didn't follow that, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was so terrible you blocked it out of your memory. Yeah, it could be. Could be. But, yeah, thinking about this place now. now, you would probably hmm. have that experience if you were moving from one place to another. Because they would be like, yeah, this place is not available to rent until this date. And when you're other to get out of the other place, like we have to be out by this date. And there'd be like this weird two week window because everything was so geared to the academic cycle. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe I didn't make that clear. We but moved. I just mean if you wanted to keep the same place, they wouldn't kick you out. No, they wouldn't kick you. We moved every year. Yeah, so you didn't move every year because they kind of made you move? No, we were just moving. That's what I'm You're saying. You are just moving like, every year because every year it's like, oh, wait, this, shit, this, this, this is only a one-year contract. we got to find a new place. Or like, you know. The, shit, we, can't, we don't want to live here again. The arrangement didn't work or something, and it's just like always, like always, every year we were moving. And then there's that two-week window. Yeah. Live out of a suitcase, man. That's my dream. Like a hobo. Like Learn to walk alone, baby. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. Or even, you know, like a hobo. I was born to walk together. Together? several other hobos. I'm fine with that. As long as we're all fine with the hobo lifestyle, yeah. it works. I kind of felt like that's what we were at that point. You know, moving every year felt like being a hobo. But I guess it's not. It just felt like it. Because, god damn it. Like, I remember when we lived above McClanahan's there, that fucking closet. Right. Like See, that, yeah, you just, you didn't really want to stay there. So well, that was, a in essence, a one-bedroom apartment. Yes. That you true. treated as a two-bedroom apartment by putting a bed in a closet. That's where I slept. And using that as your bedroom. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, again... Kind of living the dream a little bit. Like, I would be very happy, you know, if I didn't, like, I would just live in one of those Japanese capsule hotels for a while. And That's little, really all I need. You'd live At in a night, little year. I need a secure place to just sleep. <laughs> and then, you know, I'll crawl out of my tube and just go, you know, go back to, like, just, you know, uh, sucking all the vibes out of the earth. I'm good with that. Yeah, but you say that. Meanwhile, you're recording this podcast from your cavernous basement. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Well, you know, imagine how much better the acoustics would probably be in a capsule hotel. There's a balance you have to strike. You know, we did a little bit of experimenting when you had a blanket over your head when yes. it was like really. That was a little too much. Like, and, that, and then that was really tight. And yeah, you, ne you need to like have a little close. presence. Just a little, though. 
Just a little. You don't want echoes. You want presence. Yeah. yeah. There was a couple episodes when we had our floors redone and I moved my shit back into this office and there was nothing in here where it was a little echoey. I was a little disappointed in the quality of my voice. It's better now. <laughs> moved a bunch of shit back in here. Crap. That's that's there you go. See, at least all the shit gives some decent acoustics. It has a fucking purpose. It's not a nihilist, for God's sakes. Do you want to update on Graham? I gave you a little bit via text. Yeah, but, but I, I'm sure the listener would like an update. We've been doing Graham updates for the Gra- last couple episodes. Let's get the latest Graham update. Graham's doing well. She's walking around without a walker now. Um, Amazing. Graham, Graham's like a hobbit. She's like four foot eleven. <laughs> She's so tiny. She remembers you, by the way. Nice. I don't know how or why, but she does remember at least the I name. Leave an imp- I leave an impression. Well, you're a giant, burly, bulging man, so you better leave an impression. Although, don't don't leave an impression on my grandmother. That's kind of weird. But she's walking. She went to a couple of doctors. She got out of the house. She's eating. She went to her general practitioner. Her lungs are fairly clear, and she's on her antibiotics, doing okay. It's just so comforting to know. You can be 87 and still that, alive? That Yes, that the, what the, the resiliency the human body is capable of, even, even though as we you tr- get up there in the years. <laughs> even though we try to punish it as much as we can, it won't go down without a fight. Yeah. I told her about gutter balls for the first time. So what did you think of that? Well, like how many layers of abstraction does that take to understand for her? Only two, because I said, I can't talk long. I have to go record with my friend. You might know him. His name is Brad. Oh, yes. I remember Brad. At least I remember the name. I'm like, he's probably the largest person you've ever seen. So you should remember him. Sure. It's like we record a podcast every week for the last three and a half years. What's a podcast? Like, okay, all is not lost. A podcast is just a radio show that's on the internet. It's just two people talking, but instead of being on the radio, it's on the internet. Okay. And, and, you know, she kind of got it. And I was like, it's just me and Brad hanging out shooting the shit, and ostensibly we discuss one minute of a movie per episode, and each episode lasts an hour to an hour and a half to to two hours and three minutes. It's like, okay, I'm like, it's the big Lebowski, I don't know if you know it, but it's the same people who did Fargo and Raising Arizona. She's like, okay, I know those movies, I know those movies. I don't think she's seen them, but she had heard of them. Right. So surprisingly, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel in some way like I'm being horribly condescending to. No, no. I someone, was like, she but, won't know this at all, you know. And she was like, yeah. no, no. I, I've heard those. I know those movies. So does she understand that we give regular updates on her status? I told her that to our she, to our, uh, you know, vast array of <laughs> listener. I told her that our. Polish faction is strong. 
remains strong to very strong, that our Japanese faction is growing every day, that there's our our people in Australia and Kenya and Sweden and France and Brazil, even our northern brethren, Canada. And she was fascinated by that, that there are people around the world who know about her plight and, well, as far as she knows, are concerned. And she said, well, that is just amazing. Yes, little does she know that they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit, but she did ask for everybody to say a prayer. And I said, well, you know, not everybody subscribes to that. How about they send good thoughts your way? And she said, whatever their flavor is, I would appreciate it. All right. So if our global brethren and sistren would send some positive thoughts Graham's way, that'd be nice. But she was surprisingly, like, kind of got it. Yeah. Well... And, well, it can kind of go two ways, right? Like, she cannot understand at all, or it might go in the other way, which perhaps is a part of it, where, like, she now thinks you're a world-famous celebrity. Yeah. She didn't, really. She was just like, well, you. it sounds like you're working she you'd too have hard. She'd clothes if you were pulling in that kind of dough, if you had that kind of pull. She just didn't want me to do too much. I'm working too hard. I got to take it easy. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> I just had the, you know, internationally renowned film in Singapore, and I work, and now I do this podcast. That's just too much. I got to take care of myself, Brad. Take care of yourself first. Yeah. Those were her concerns, dude. But you know what? As much as uh, the five to ten listeners look forward to an update on Graham, she is looking forward to an update on our listeners. I told her about our buddy Jack, and she was very tickled by Jack's story. Thank you, Jack, for that. That really made Graham feel good. This yeah. is what it's all about, man. You know, spreading the joy, people, man. Spreading yeah. the joy. Yep. Now we got Jack and Graham. There's a connection there. There's a connection there. You know, you get busy loving or you get busy hating, Brad. I think that's it for the Graham update. She's doing all, all right. right. Good. That's great to hear. Yeah. It's Go, Graham. Go, Graham. So do we have any revisits? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some ominous revisits. <laughs> we do have revisits. Um, so, first of all, I want to revisit back to 145.59. Okay. And this, this was just the very end of the last minute. Right. It's a... So this is only, we only have to go one second back in time for this revisit. All things considered, that's Bare not too bad. Yeah. Barely a revisit. Only on a technicality. It's the smallest revisit you could possibly have. At least temporarily. Yes, temporarily. Now, granted, we may talk about this second for the next two hours. Well, then maybe it's forcing not that small temporarily. Forcing us to then, like, put the, the discussion of the rest of this minute off to another episode. Or we might be done talking about it in 30 seconds. What is it? Let's hear it. Okay, so Francis Donnelly says, It is our most 
modestly priced receptacle. Walter and the dude are both upset by this because, you know, they don't. It's just a thing to put Donnie's ashes in. They're just gonna like throw it out into the ocean. Donnelly's here to make some coin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a business for him. He deals with the bereaved or saps every day, multiple times a day. And he repeats, it's our most modest. They range up to 3,000, he says. He actually says modestly priced receptacle twice, but then he says they range up to 3,000, but he's getting the idea like these guys are not going to pay for this. And he folds this problematic binder over. Boom. He's closing the book on that one, Brad. Ah. And I don't know, like, was he coached to do that? But he's like, oh, I see how this is going. And he's like, they range up to 3,000. Boom. Like, I'm closing the book on that one. That's a bit of a stretch for the sparroting. But it's not not sparroting. I I won't say it's sparroting. I'm not claiming that. But it's in some sort of category. Yeah. Whatever the sparroting is the subcategory of some other broader category, and this is in that broader category. Nice. Yes. I'll climb I don't have board. a name for that broader category yet. No, we need to come up with one, I guess. I think it's... Well, that's uh, for the listeners. What's the name of that broader category? Yeah, help Write us, us out. and let us know. Please. Go to gutterballs.tv. Hit us up. Gutterballs.tv. What do they do once they get there? They can follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Follow our page on Facebook. Write to us through the contact link. Leave us a review on iTunes. Oh, Jesus. Subscribe on iTunes. Do that. Why follow doesn't anybody do that? And send us a message saying, hey. All you people who claim to love this, do it. Thank you for your service. Now leave a review, goddammit. There's a serious dearth of reviews. Mm. But you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, not get reviews. We got a Facebook page. Come on, everyone's on Facebook. Come check it out. Aren't they? Isn't everybody on Facebook? Except Lee Cooper. Thanks, Lee Cooper. Yeah, Twitter, Tumblr, we're everywhere. We have two videos. Two, not one, but two (laughs) two videos on YouTube. They're not very good. Go look at them. But if you are a uh, fan of the show, you want the complete experience. You at the very least want to go check out those videos. You're missing out if you don't do it. Shit, sometimes we're giving away t-shirts on one of those things. Yeah, we still have some t-shirts, right? Yes! Just write us and say, I'd like a t-shirt. Say, and you'll get one. Give me the First fucking T-shirt, Lebowski. T-shirt gets one. Give me the fucking we T-shirt. Away. We get letters from people. We actually do. We've Dude. done the whole letter yeah. bag here all the time, but no one wants a T-shirt. We want the T-shirt, Lebowski. Send us those words, and you will. I will even put my Lebowski coaster in there that I got with my commemorative ten-year anniversary DVD pack. I will put one of my well-worn coasters in there with it. Just send us any note on any of the forums saying, we want the t-shirt, Lebowski, and you will get it. Why is that so hard? They're stonewalling us. Stonewalling us, Brad. Huh. 
This is what happens. <laughs> Do you see what happens? Do you see what happens when you feed a stoner <laughs> scrambled eggs? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, yeah, closing the book on that one. Maybe not so strong, but... Good, there, good, good point, though. Yeah. There's a phone ringing in the background. Okay. This is um, rewinding here a little bit. It's like one forty-five twenty, But this phone ring, we have the urn, problematic binder, and it's not, I'm going to say this is a new ringtone. Okay. But, the, but there's another phone ringing. This like this environment smacks of a giant hall, and I kind of feel like there's desks of different morticians like lining this hall. Maybe four to seven of them just going down this gigantic hall, and somewhere hmm. down there, somebody's phone is ringing. Maybe. I have a hard time imagining that. I'm not saying it's not true. I just never would have imagined that. Listen to the. Echo- I'm not saying there's not a phone. You're having yeah, a hard everything time. Everything is very echoey here. It's very echoey. It's like huge. You're having a hard We're time imagining. The fucking ashes. Boom. Echo like everywhere. Four to seven morticians lined up with desks. That's what you're having a hard time imagining. Yes. You think it's one mortician? I feel like if you're going to be in there having the conversation with the bereaved, saps or no, doing it like assembly line style like that, just somehow, I mean, I don't know, maybe they do it that way in places like in L.A. Okay, but this is L.A. There's a shit ton of people there. Shit ton of people dying. People are dying every day. This is a huge space. Now, the rent must be astronomical, right? you got to, like cycle people in and out you can't just have one mortician working right downstairs there's a i imagine because downstairs there must be a you know a space to have the the funeral ceremonies yeah the wakes and funerals and whatnot right but this is where you conduct business where you don't want to talk about the gross details of death right you go upstairs and so just because downstairs is probably rather large, this whole upstairs area could just be, yeah, they, have a, they could have a lot of unused space up here even. Okay, but every square foot costs money. So you got well, to get a return on your square sure, footage. Sure. Yeah, could be. Or, I mean, even if there is or isn't, like that phone ringing could be. From downstairs? Downstairs, or even at the top of the steps. Doesn't it kind of seem like between when you're at the top of the steps until you walk into this space, there's also a hallway to the left and right before you walk through these giant doors? So there could also be space down there or other offices. Like There could be a space for these other morticians, but they're down like that hallway and each one gets their own room. That's possible. Okay, but then why do the fucking cheapskates get the gigantic hall? Like, this is like the glory hall here. Right. And Donnie doesn't even have well, any family members showing up. Another... Why would they give him him the, uh, you know, prestigious... Well, pres- I don't think prestigious... there's anything prestigious here. It's just this Donnelly happened to, like, you know, the case fell on his desk. The folder fell on his desk, and this is his office. So what's all the other space used for? Well, the space downstairs would be no, used no. for... 
fuck that. The upstairs you mean, you space. You giant... those doors. Yes. I don't know that it is a huge space. The audio cues are there. It was deliberate, you know? It was either deliberate or unavoidable because they're using the sound they recorded on set. Either way, it's a huge space. You can tell by the echoey reverbiness of it. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying and, it goes and, on forever and there's seven other morticians, but I'm just saying it's a big space. Yeah. And you got to pay for that somehow. And that means cycling dead people in and out. Got to churn them through, man. Sure. I, I, I won't argue that part. And that's why Donnelly's closing the book on them. Like, I well, can see I'm not going to make the extra 180 bucks, which in 1991 was probably, you know, the equivalent of $360, which would well, also, more than pay trying, his day rate. Yeah, yeah. And if you're trying to move people in and out, you know, it gets to a point where it's just not worth this haggling. Just, no, just screw. go. We got to get the next, the next bereaved sap in here. It's like a restaurant. It's like, okay, I can see I'm not getting a tip from these people. So as a server, it's like, okay, go, 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 go. Here's your check. Here's your check. Boom. Go. It's just no use. Yeah. Or like a real estate, estate agent. How would that they just be? Want, they just want to move your house as quickly as possible. They just want to churn them through. They're not interested in having it take longer and get the extra $5,000 for your house. Well, hmm. Even it, though that means a bigger commission for them, they just make it up in volume. If they can sell an extra house every, you know, whatever unit of time, week, month, doesn't matter. It's better it, to do that. Yeah, there's a balance there, though, like depending on the market. Well, there is a balance because you yeah. don't want them. You one, you, they can't all go for you, dirt cheap, but they're not right. interested in extracting every last the way an owner might be. Not extracting every last, but you need to move houses, number one. Mm-hmm. But like if it's a downturn in the market and instead of selling, you know, 24 to 30 houses in a year, you're only selling like 15. You do want to get that extra bit. Yeah. Well, if they're not, yeah, that's true. If, if there isn't that, that uh, capacity to just quick turning them through houses aren't selling at the same rate. People are dying in LA. Yes. Right. Good point. So maybe this was a particularly down year for deaths. In L.A., we'd have to research that. Um, But I would think, like, you know, with the advancements in car safety, there were probably more deaths. But then you have to consider... Gun violence, I know. Gun violence being up. uh, AIDS. Yeah, Magic Johnson's still alive, though. Well, but this was 1991. He got diagnosed in 93... Still kicking. I just saw him like two days ago. Well, for being diagnosed in 93, that's an exception. That's pretty fucking good. Although I don't know if he had AIDS. I think he was HIV positive. Sure. Yes. But he can afford whatever, all the greatest treatments, I guess. Mm -hmm. But man, yeah. Good for him. But yeah, they, they can't be making too much off this transaction. So it's probably within Donnelly's best interest just to move them through, get them out. 
Now, why do you think Donnie has no family there? He's young. Was he adopted? Yeah, and I like, feel like that's just a glitch in the Matrix. I've always thought that. What? Even what like do you maybe mean? the first time watching the movie. Explain. Like, they I didn't... mean, they don't address it. The dude and Walter are there. Fine, he doesn't have family for some reason. But, mm, I don't know. It's just like, for the movie, you know, we've seen these three characters together. We're going to have these characters now, you know, go through this process. It's in service of the movie. It's just in service of the movie completely. You know, it's a bit far-fetched, I think. Do you know on what? On some level, but. Here, and I just thought about this right now, but you know what would have been great? Is to have, what's his name? Jerry Stiller in here <laughs> as Donnie's dad, and he shows up, and now the dude and Walter have to interact with this crazy fucker, and it would have been one more, like, jolt to the system of right. another insane character. You that, could like, have brought in, yeah, another uh, Jesus-esque character. Right! But I guess they Which, wanted again, to... again, in, in service of the story, might not be what, wasn't really what they were trying to do here. Have they done anything in the service of the story, though, Brad? Sure. What? Name one thing they've done in the service of the story. I would say every single thing they've done is in the service of the story. You did... I asked you to name a thing. You said everything. That's not the, naming the anything. The tree horn thugs mistaking the identity in the in the very beginning, or having a that was three years ago, dude. Having a stranger uh, show up at a bowling alley dressed like a cowboy. How does that advance the, the story? Exposition. You're not arguing in favor of exposition, are you? I'm saying they made that choice in favor of the story. That is this the particular story in the way death that death knell of every movie. Well, is the, expo the exposition the death knell of this movie? No, because it's not really exposition. Sure. Well, there you go. You know, all I movies have exposition. I think when we say exposition, we generally mean a sort of super heavy-handed exposition. Lame exposition. Lame, like, lame exposition. I'm going to kind of like, yeah, really awkwardly throw in comments or dialogue or flashbacks to kind of explain what's happening in a certain, a very heavy-handed way versus the kind of exposition that just happens so naturally you don't necessarily you don't, notice it. You don't I think fucking there's always notice. exposition. Yes, there's always a short, because exposition has a very negative connotation to it, because right. I think... Right, the word like, is generally used negatively. Pejoratively, Terrific. right, because all of a sudden when something is exposition, it means the opposite of what you just described. You notice it. You right. know, instead of being organic to the story... Like, I feel like Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson is really good at exposition because he'll incorporate it and he does these like theater-esque things and he'll have title cards or like a little theater curtain yeah. open and something will happen. But like, I mean, it's he, still kind of heavy handed, but he makes it entertaining. Yeah, he makes it and work. acknowledges it. So it's kind of OK. That's like his strategy for dealing with it. So I started watching Narcos. Okay. Have you seen any of that? I haven't seen it yet. Okay. So it's, it's you know, Pablo Escobar 
you know, richest man in the history mm-hmm. of the universe, blah, 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 drug trade. But, like, there's so much fucking exposition. And, like, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but it was driving me crazy because I was watching it and I was kind of enjoying it. But, like, the FBI or DEA agent, whoever he was, like, they just had this incessant voiceover going, like, explaining what was happening for, like, ten minutes at a time, it seemed like. Just talking over the whole thing, and it's like, eliminate that. I'm not stupid. I know what's happening. I get it. People are getting shot. They're trafficking drugs. I get it. You can shut the fuck up now. Which is why that version of Blade Runner with the fucking voiceover is so horrendous. It's like, shut the fuck up. Leave some mysteries, Brad. Do you know what I realize? I don't know if I told you this, but the secret of filmmaking is every scene should have a mystery. Right. That's all. Sure. I mean, it's careful to balance. I will say... You have to know what's going on, but you there have should, to know what's going on. There needs to be an element of mystery. Sure. Well, again, it's finding the right balance. A great example of this in some way. So one example is David Lynch's Dune. <laughs> okay. Which originally... So there was the movie that 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 like appeared in theaters, but then when they always replayed it on cable TV later, there was always oh the extended edition, kind of like Jaws Four: The Revenge. Yeah, it would have like <laughs> and it would always air over two nights. So WPIX, New York's movie station, which is what we got in cable, even though we're in PA, we're still in the area for that. We would get that. Um, you know, we they would always air it. They'd always air it over like two nights, and I, in me being the glutton for punishment I was, I would always watch it. Which meant you had to sit through all those fucking commercials. I'd sit through those commercials. Yep, and so, it, but it was always over two nights because it was so long. It'd be part one, part two, and but what they did with this extended version was add a lot of exposition. There was about a. 13 minute long intro that was actually my favorite part of the movie do you know what i'm talking about brad have you seen this i saw the movie once and i think it was in your dorm room okay and i thought it kind of sucked so i never bothered again it does kind it does suck pretty bad i know people this day that will kind of defend it and there was a very interesting vision to it in some ways, but Absolutely. overall as a film, it fails. I mean, David Lynch was in some way the right guy to do this, or at least there was some stuff there for David Lynch to sink his teeth into in his David Lynch way. He was handcuffed. Because the movie takes place in like the year 10191. I don't understand which those I numbers. guess we can even argue whether or not that's on our calendar, but... In essence, it takes place like 8,000 years in the future. Okay. And that w- that's your problem with it? That's my problem. I think that's cool. And that's what actually gave David Lynch a chance to like really, and, and you know, well, you know, the original author gave him a chance to really kind of go a little nuts with what, how, you know, things worked. And Sting is society. in it. Sting's in that shit. Sting? 
Yeah. Sting. He was big at that time, though. He was in a lot of movies. I know. I'm in the saying early 80s. that's cool. He's a bass player. So is Flea. Yeah. Hey. What? Is, yeah, the bass player. Fucking a baby. Actor connection. They kind of look there. a little similar right too. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Maybe Sting just kind of like became went undercover Flea? as Flea. <laughs> Maybe, man. He was in Back to the Future Three. It was like I'm not in any more movies, but if I become a cool bassist again, then I can get into some more movies. Back to the Future Three, Lebowski. Right. Could be. Could be. Anyway, the exposition in Dune was one of my favorite parts, but I'm also like a raging geek. You're a raging geek, but what did you like about the exposition? Like, why is that interesting? That's not what movies so, should be aspiring to, it, it like telling be. you everything. Here's Show, don't was. tell, well, Brad! And maybe it's not exposition. I guess exposition. The movie starts with an intro, which is, again... I, I want to say 11 minutes. It's between 11 and 18 minutes long. It's distilling 20,000 pages of Frank Herbert's work into 11 to 13 minutes of fucking it, exposition. What it does is it explains the universe that the following four hours of movie takes place in. And without that, the movie is completely incomprehensible. Then don't make the fucking movie, Brad. I will argue with... I, I will say that, but... I won't argue that part either. I think the movie probably should not have been made. I will say that the exposition. So again, it's ultimately perhaps an indictment of the movie that the exposition was my favorite part. Yes. I was like, wow, this universe that they just like explained kind of documentary style for 20 minutes is pretty cool. Now let's watch. Like, a story that takes place in this universe, and it's like, oh, like four hours of people whispering to themselves. Well, and that just meant you should have read the books instead. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is a crazy-ass, like, how did this get made kind of thing. Like, yeah, four hours of people, like, whispering to themselves in weird David Lynch-like set designs. Giant vagina alien. The slow blade <laughs> penetrates. Like, the, the whole thing is yeah. shit, man. And to think, like, Lynch could have been directing Return of the Jedi at the time. Now... Well, just imagine that, right? The Emperor... That probably would have been a... get to see him... A total filmic a abortion. vagina monster face. <laughs> Lightning bolts coming out of his vagina face. You know, and like... Luke turns into a blue rose, and then his father is fucking him in the ass. Great. Darth Vader fucking Luke Skywalker. Awesome. That's how I want That's Star Wars to end. <laughs> it's always been me. I always thought you knew it was me as he's fucking him. Jesus. Spoiler alert. I love David Lynch. You know that. No, oh, I do know that. I think anyone listening to this podcast knows that we're both fans of the postmodern surreal master. And I will give him credit for removing his name from Dune because, like, yes, I do not celebrate. Well, you know what? Maybe I do celebrate David Lynch's entire catalog because as far as he's concerned, his catalog does not include Dune. I would say... 
Dune is very worth much worth watching and even revisiting for you, not necessarily to watch a good movie, but just as a piece of Lynch scholarship, because there is a lot of fascinating Lynch elements in it. It's a historical document, a la Galaxy Quest. Well, it still has, you know, it does. It has, like, again, the crazy kind of Lynch, um, like, visual style, but it also has, again, this kind of, like, emphasis on, like, dreams almost more than what's actually happening, a la something like Twin Peaks or Lost Highway. I, as Alan Rickman might have said in Die Hard, will take it under advisement. <laughs> All right. But I don't know, man. Well, we have the Twin Peaks revival to look forward to at least. Lynch is coming back with something. What was we'll with see that, what happens. What was with that teaser? That was the worst. That was the worst effing teaser ever. What? what? That was... So, and things like this kind of... I see this similar thing kind of happen. Well, I've experienced with this, right? First hand, where doesn't someone Doesn't give me good like, feelings, man. What's that? It doesn't give me good feelings. Well, what happened is, it's true, it does not give good feelings. Well, the thing is, the, it's we're like two years away from this actually airing. Well, no, it's next year. It's 2016. No, it's 2017 now. Shut the fuck up. Because really? of all those contract negotiations but and Lynch not, pulling out and going back in. But that's not 25 years later. Wasn't 25 years later already happened when they announced it was happening? I don't know. It all depends. No, nineteen ninety one is it. when she said that. Twenty sixteen is twenty. I think it's still twenty sixteen. It just may have gotten pushed back to later in the year. Maybe I'm pretty sure it's twenty seventeen. Well, that would just fuck the whole thing up, man. Yeah, I don't know that they've have they even started filming anything yet. I don't know. But they did a. Um, if they I'm had, sure they probably really would've... awesome on some uh, DV. Yeah. yeah. They probably some would have DB put some of that shit left over in from the uh, <laughs> Inland Empire. But the uh, oh, and hey, before you go on, our buddy Trashboat, um, they filmed a lot of Inland Empire in Poland, and he knew a lot of those actors that were acting in that, and they're you know uh, big time players over there. A lot of them are well known, and uh, frankly. You know, the Eastern European shit that happened in Inland Empire was the most disturbing and kind of, like, dirty and gross mm -hmm. shit that happened. Like, that was the best. Like, the L.A. stuff, I wasn't too into. But that European shit, man, he really got into it. They all did a good job there. You know, remember when they're in the car and Trash Boat knew who this guy was? He's like, pointing his finger and putting that little spell on him. Oh, okay. I do remember that. that was now that awful. you say that, that was the second worst moment of that movie. Yeah, for me. no, you're right. I was like, oh god, that, that's a guy. He's he's a name over there. I don't remember his name. Can't pronounce it. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, that's fine. Yeah, I don't forget what I was even talking about. Well, you were talking about the moment. It's like, oh, I do remember that moment. No, I was talking about the trailer. I think. Okay. That doesn't give. Yeah, so they released this Twin Peaks trailer. That's really just, it's 15 seconds. They call it a trailer. It's more like, it was a spot, right? Teaser. It was a teaser spot. So so this is like the lowest of the low in terms of information density. But it was pretty Ugh. much just a shot of the, of the uh, 
Tiny Man Dancing with some Twin Peaks music, and it just said Twin Peaks. The man from another or place. Something like Come that. on, man from another place. Yeah. So it did. Um, but you know, this was something where because I believe this aired like in front of home, the Homeland premiere or something like that. All right. Well, at least there's so that. So they people were like, saw it. Yeah, they were like, okay, we this is our big property we have now, Twin Peaks. We want to hype it up, or we want to just promote it maybe among people that aren't diehard fans. Well, people love Homeland, apparently. Yeah, it's a big. It's a it sounds. Yeah, it seems like it's a big hit for them. So there. So somewhere, some executive was like, "We need a spot for Twin Peaks before Homeland premiere." And the, and so the people working on Twin Peaks are like, "We're not fucking doing that." Hell no. Either like we don't have the time, we we can't, we don't have any like just like no. Keep the fucking mystery. They didn't Ask want to reveal else anything. to do it. And so yeah. they went to, they went to like, yes. you know, Jimmy down in the archives or whatever. And we're like, hey, you know how to use yes. Final Cut Pro. Put together a Twin Peaks spot for us. Make it lynchy. You know, and that's unfair. I don't want to. No, Jimmy. I'm not trying to impugn the skill of the person that made the spot. They did the best with what they have, without a doubt. They're not they David like, Lynch. They were like, hey. Well, they didn't have any footage or anything. They're just like, hey, yeah, they're just like, you know, they went to their marketing department and were like, we need a 15 minute spot that just says Twin Peaks is coming. And they put that together. And I will say, I mean, at first, so 15 seconds, we can break it down second by second. Like, at first, it's exciting. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, you hear the music, the horn is kind of echoing, and it's like, oh, He's it's dancing Twin around. Peaks. Yeah. The guys, you're like, oh, shit, it's happening again, it's coming, and then it's, We're it's gonna it. see something. It is happening now, luckily, again. And I, it's the same thing I sent to you, the headline it's on happening the article again. was new Twin Peaks teaser actually contains no footage. Oh, see, or I didn't something see like that. that. That was like the headline on the article I sent you. So I was already like, okay. I, I'm glad you eliminated that from the URL you sent me because I like to like watch it and be disappointed organically. <laughs> right, right. <sighs> but you know what? You're right. Um, this is kind of shit I deal with a lot. It's like we need a promo or a trailer for this thing or that thing. It's like, all right, what do we got? Nothing. Here's a book cover. We need a one minute or a 30 second or a 15 second promo for this. It's like, fuck you. You didn't even think about this, you know, six months ago or even one month ago. Here's a book cover. Make a promo. Are you shitting me? All right. Well, you have a budget, right? No, just use whatever. Fuck you. So, you know, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. You can only do so much. You know, it's there's a reason why, like, trailer editors get paid shit tons of money because, you know, they have all the material to work with. They got all the music. They got all the footage from the movie. They have graphics right. departments who can, like, make little flashy elements they got a sound department who can make those blah sounds that make it sound like everything's very important. But it's like, make a promo, and here's a book cover, and footage of the man from another place dancing around. He did the best he could. You're right. Yeah. And again, yeah. I mean, I think ultimately 
we could just question the wisdom. Like, should they even have made a teaser with nothing like that? Make a five second teaser and just have the Twin Peaks go boom, 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 done. Yeah, that's all. That's all you need. <laughs> like, really, what are you doing? Because when you show. If you're showing it in front of Homeland, how many of those people are Twin Peaks fans? Are you trying to reach the Twin Peaks fan base or other people? So it, yeah, yeah. And if it's the Twin Peaks fan base, then go ahead and show the man from another place, like, dancing around. Fine, they'll know what that is. But if not, like, maybe, maybe, just maybe, some of the people who aren't Twin Peaks fanatics, if they see the font and hear, boom. Baum, baum, they might on some level recognize that and be like, wait, what the fuck was that? And then it's a little mystery and they might ask somebody or have a question or like remember it or spark something like because it was a cultural phenomenon back in the early 90s. But, you know, they they actually did too much. Well, they also have a they have to hit a big audience of people that are too young to even remember it. So all those crazy images of flashing lights and, like, squiggly floors and the man from another place dancing around might have sparked their interest? Piqued their curiosity? I think so. All right. Well, At the very least, I think it's probably the strongest image to try to pull people in with. That's probably true. But, yeah, but again, like, what are you going to do? I'm just curious to see what they do with this show. Aren't we all? I'm just so stoked that Lynch is back. That's all. Yeah, the fact that he's on it really, even if it's bad, it'll still be one heck of a ride. Hell yes. And the fact that he was on it because he said he would never go back to TV. He came back to TV, got so pissed off that they weren't giving him the resources left and then came back again. It's like he must be able to do what he wants to do now. So, like you said, whether it's bad or good, like it's going to be 100% Lynch, whatever it is. It's not going to be Dune bad. If it's bad, it'll be some other bad. It'll be Inland Empire bad. It'll be Inland Empire <laughs> bad. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm okay with that. I'd prefer Inland Empire bad to Dune bad. Honestly. Having not seen it in 20 years. Right. I know it's your favorite movie. I don't mean to offend you. I'm I'm trying to what I'm trying to figure out is is Dune really bad <laughs> in the same way like is Dune bad any different than Inland Empire bad? Cuz in some ways I think the problem with Dune might be that it, it I don't know it was that Lynch lost control. I can't wait to hear this. It might be that he was too indulgent. It was too self-indulgent. Okay. Also consider the fact that Dune came out before Lynch really... Well, before Blue Velvet. It was before Blue Velvet, which I think is his... He'd only had... his most important work. Even though he got a lot of recognition for Elephant Man. Right. He'd only it, had Elephant Man for all it, intents of yeah. purposes. Yeah. It wasn't... That definitive idea of a Lynch film did not exist yet. It didn't. I want to make and it clear he, I that I said to say he hasn't. He didn't hadn't put it together yet. Before you continue, I want to make it clear that I said intensive purposes. I I, I noticed. Okay, just make which sure. is one of those things that you start saying as a joke. 
Right. Because some people say that and think it is that, which <laughs> I have found stats on the Internet that there are like a huge amount of people <sighs> like they've done polls and people say that shit. Yeah. It's actually like some linguists claim that it's in danger of the phrase actually changing to that. Are they cunning or not? The linguists. I'm going to say they're not that cunning. Good. Well, I don't think it'll take then. So fuck that. let's play the minute. Oh, okay. Does that sound all right? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's delve into this minute. We're, okay. we're an hour in. Time, time, right. time, time is of the essence. Can't we just rent it from you? Yeah. Sir, this is a mortuary, not a rental house. We're scattering the fucking ashes. But just because we're bereaved doesn't make us sad. Sir, please lower your voices. Man, don't you have, you know, something uh, else we can put him in? You know? That is our most modestly priced receptacle. God damn it! Is there a Ralph's around here? Donnie was a good bowler and a good man. He was he was one of us. Here we go. I'm back. Whew. That was getting desperate. I was reaching around in my seat a little bit. I don't know what that means. I had to pee so bad. Oh, right. Gotcha. Gave you a good excuse to get out while the minute played. Yep. Well, I'll say this. I think... You you texted me something today, and and watching the minute just now, I think I realize maybe why you asked me this question. Are, wait, are we back or not yet? Oh, I thought we were back. No, not yet. Oh, are oh we're back? Okay, we've been back this whole time. Haven't Excellent. We? I don't know when we're. <laughs> Honestly, I, we I don't back. know. I we, were, we don't have to be back. No, we're back. All we're right. back, baby. <laughs> we were back when, as soon as you started talking, I just thought we were back. Okay, you, man. It's awesome. You could tell I was on my, like, on voice. I couldn't tell. The lines between reality <laughs> and fiction are blurring progressively uh-huh. with each episode. But what did I text you? I don't remember. You said, did you watch... Fear the Walking Dead. And I said, yes, I did. And I wasn't really, I was just like, oh, you you know, maybe you watched the show, you like it, just asking me, hey, did you watch Mm -hmm, that? mm -hmm. But I think I just, just, I have an idea that why you might have asked me that. You just put it together. I may have just put it together. I I didn't put it together when I watched it Sunday night. Mm hmm. I put it together researching this minute. I was like, wait a fucking second. So what we're talking about, you know, yeah. Yeah. So again, in this minute, we do leave, as you heard, you know, we leave the mortuary and go to them going to the beach up on the cliff to scatter the ashes. Now, this is going to be a geographical spoiler for Fear the Walking Dead, but nothing more. Yeah, not too bad. All we'll say is. There were scenes on this most recent, which was, I believe, the last episode of this little six-episode 
first season of Fear the Walking Dead that just aired, there is a scene that takes place on a beachside cliff, kind of like this. Right, overlooking the Pacific Ocean. because the Pacific Ocean. We know they're in L.A. It takes place in L.A., and it's... It's the same fucking place. They're at the same place. It's exactly the same place. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's called the Sunken City. San Pedro Sunken City. San Pedro Sunken City. This, a large portion of this neighborhood fell into the sea in 1929. Uh, there were rumblings and hints and warnings that the earth was trying to give this, like, cliffside community for a couple of months. Gas lines were rupturing, water mains were breaking, uh, foundations were cracking, roads were developing, fissures. And then eventually, like, a huge section of it, like 10 acres or something, I want to say, just fell off the cliff and, like, into the ocean and just tumbled down. And they just lost a giant section of their community. And part of the shit still exists today. And there's like upheaved like sections of pavement and macadam and like Mm -hmm. little pieces of sidewalk. You can see the dude step over one of like the curbs. There's a curb out at the end of the cliff. They step over it on their way out to the edge of the cliff to scatter Donnie's ashes. Yeah, it's weird because, like, I never really noticed it. But, yeah, it is, like, what? It is like, oh, yeah, there was some kind of rocky cliff. But, no, it is these weird, like, yeah, like you say, like, these chunks of, like, concrete or asphalt or whatever. Like, these big kind of slate cracked pieces. And you can especially see it when, you know, we pull back to a wide shot from behind them looking out over the ocean. And in the background, you can see... Catalina Island way out there but like it's you can the fucking s- Catalina wine mixer <laughs> the fucking Catalina wine mixer um yep Adam Scott love him but you can see like you get this bird's eye view of like what they walked out through to get there and there are these like chunks of pavement and shit it's not just rock yeah like, that's a that's a really good one like I I've been looking at this I've been I've been looking at like there's a couple different people or websites that have put together like Big Lebowski film locations and I've been looking at them trying to like pinpoint where exactly this scene took place like for 2 years now and somehow it was the fear of the walking dead finale first season finale and then watching this minute again and i saw these chunks of thing like Mm -hmm. road chunks and then thinking about that i was like wait holy shit it it's the fucking same so i went back and researched all of the different because there's like little variations and they all point to this place south of la san was san pedro Mm-hmm. But th- th- they don't like pinpoint it. It's just like it's this like half a mile long, if that, maybe quarter mile long stretch 
but I think I fucking finally found it. Like, exactly. It's a little different because pieces of it keep falling down and into the ocean. It's very dangerous to go there. You're not allowed to be there because it's still heaving and falling into the ocean. People die. It's fenced off. There's no access, but you can, like, climb through a fence and get in there. I put a bunch of links here. We'll put some of them in the show notes, but... Like, people go through there with GoPros on their head and, like, give you a whole tour of it. There's one chick who went and, like, did a 360 in a couple different areas. And you can you can really see, like, yes, this is definitely exactly where they were standing. Mm-hmm. So I finally fucking found it. But it took years because... Before that, I was just on Google Maps, like, satellite view, like, scrolling up and down the Southern California coast, like, trying to find it. I knew it was obviously on the coast near L.A., but it was so difficult to find. I just have to scroll through about 80 miles. Right. That's it. (laughs) Looking through, like, a 50-foot area. I did that. That matches this. I did that. And you never found it. Never found it. Because it was always like, well, this could be it, that could be it. But I was able to cross-reference enough of the websites that had these film locations, and they all were pointing to this, like, little inlet, and then Sunken City. But then once I got to the Sunken City, it's like, okay, are they on this little jutting out abutment, or this little jutting out abutment? But I finally fucking found it. And I think I put it in here, there's a video... If you go to 327 of this video, you will see where they are. Did you see that? Um, I didn't watch the video. I didn't see it, but I see it now in the doc. Yeah. The other thing, um, you know, again, we talk about you pull back, you see the asphalt. There is like a, some kind of weird like tube sticking out of the ground. It kind of looks like, like a concrete Tube. Yeah, I don't know what that tube is, because I don't think it's there currently. Because this was 17 years ago, 18 yeah. years ago well, when I they mean, filmed you this. see it in the shot of the Lebowski. Right. The Lebowski right. shot. Um, I guess my point is, I'm not saying like we can use that to match it up. No. I just mean it's kind of like a... It's, uh, it's probably a fucking water main, you know? Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, it's some giant kind of tubular thing. And that's kind of what made it extra difficult to, like, pinpoint where they were, because you know the landscape has changed a lot because of the upheaval, just the fucking geology changing. It's like the Earth has different ideas about what is permanent. It must be... Um... Maybe because it is not accessible to the public? Like, is that... Because I'm just wondering, why did... Like, why do you go there to film? It's like, I need a shot of a, you know, that takes place next to the Pacific Ocean, kind of on a cliff. It's like, well, go here to do it. Well, I think maybe it's, it's got, easy to get a permit to film there or something. Well, maybe, you know, maybe they use that money that they make to, like, help the existing neighborhood, you know, with their infrastructure But I think also, like, visually, it's pretty good because, Mm -hmm. you know, as you go up and down the coast, which I did a lot, like, there are houses and golf courses and just, like, 
everything right up to the edge is very developed. And like, this is one little area, I guess, because it's so dangerous and, um, just, uh, unpredictable. Like you can't build anything there or develop it. So it looks natural. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's probably it because anywhere else you would, try to film within fucking 150 miles of this place, there'd be houses and like hotels and, you know, swimming pools and shit. Mm -hmm. And this kind of looked a little bit empty. So it gave a little solemnity to Donnie's commitment to the bosom of the Pacific ocean, I guess. Mm -hmm. Cause where else are you going to go, you know, from La Jolla to Leo Carrillo and up to Pismo. Do you know why he added up to Pismo, Brad? I I don't. So La Jolla, which you may or may not know as La La Jolla or La Joya, but it's La Jolla, is down around San Diego. Okay. Significantly south yes. of LA. And then, you know, Walter says from La Jolla to Leo Carrillo. And Leo Carrillo is a beach that's not too far north of L.A. So I think Walter felt a little bad because what he's trying to do is extol the virtues of Donnie the surfer and how right. he explored all these beaches up and down the coast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, La Jolla, sure, way down there. Leo Carrillo, he's like, oh shit, that's not that far up. So he thinks for a minute. Let me think of a beach that's farther north than that. And up to Pismo. And Pismo's way more north. Like, it's way up there. And it's another little beach where you can surf. He was giving Donnie a little extra street A cred. little extra breath. A little extra deal there. Because I always wondered, like, and to Pismo, like, was that an inside joke? Like, the Coen brothers... <laughs> I don't know. Somebody got arrested there or like they took off their clothes and jumped in the water. I don't know. Who knows? But I think it's just like, oh, shit, Leo Carrillo, that's not too far north. Let's give Donnie a little more credit and up to Pismo because he doesn't know. This is what they think his last wishes may well have been. Right. They have no Did fucking he actually idea. even surf? Who even knows? Right. But he was a man who loved the outdoors and bowling. Who even knows? But if if they're gonna, like, if Walter's gonna, like, tow the party line here, his own party line, he's gonna make it as awesome as possible to give Donnie, you know, the festivities that he deserves for his, whatever you even call this, not a funeral, but a commitment, I guess, a commitment to the bosom of the Pacific Ocean. He just wants to make it sound as awesome as possible. And Leo Carrillo wasn't as awesome as possible. Because there's a lot of beaches between La Jolla and Pismo. But far fewer between La Jolla and Leo Carrillo. At least for me, I can put that one to bed. I can close the book on that That one. one. Makes me feel better. You may not be so convinced, but I am. No, I'm with you. I'll go with that. So, is there a Ralph's around here? I did not research this. I feel bad. <laughs> I hope you got something for me. Oh, I got nothing. Oh, shit. 
I don't research what do you that do? kind of stuff. What do you do around I'm, here? I'm just the big picture guy. I gotta pull your weight with the details all the time. Yeah, that's true. God damn it. I will say, if you watch Walter's face. Yeah. When he's dealing with Donnelly, it's amazing. Like, especially so, like, while the dude is talking, the dude is like. He's fucking pissed. Yeah. The dude is like, man, don't you have, you know, something else we can put him in? And, like, uh, yeah, Walter's face. You can tell man, he's about to explode. He's just pointing straight ahead, keeping it together. He kind of looks sideways at the dude while he's talking. His jaw starts kind of undulating. I was surprised. Again, that it's just some brilliant stuff to look at. I was surprised that Donnelly like stood up to him the first time when Walter exploded. When he's like, "Just because we're bereaved doesn't make us saps, sir." Need you to keep your voice down. You know, mm-hmm. like he actually stood up to him a little bit. But the next time <laughs> Walter blows up, Donnelly like half jumps out of his skin and doesn't say shit. He's like, this man might shoot me. (laughs) I think he realizes. Yeah, you're dealing with an unhinged man. A bereaved unhinged man. Yeah. Maybe not a sap. But again, he might be... He might have some experience dealing with this, right? He does have to deal with the bereaved. Emotions are high. He is trying to extort money from the bereaved people as much as possible. (laughs) So, yeah, he might have to deal with that. I think I'm gonna... mm, Yeah. I'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with you there a little (laughs) bit. I would argue that dealing with the bereaved, you are approaching... Wet paper bags filled with money that have a multitude of holes punctured in them, and money is flowing out, and you're dealing with people at their weakest and most vulnerable state. So as long as you keep a quiet, comforting tone, and you assure them that whatever they're paying for is going to make this transition much easier and more comfortable... And it's going to provide them closure that you're going to make more money. Okay. But instead, he's dealing with somebody who is, like, slamming on the fucking desk and using obscenities and, like, disrupting the shit out of his entire business model. So he's like, okay, fuck it. Oh, Jesus. This is not what I was waiting for. Yeah. It is kind of like... Like you were saying last time, Walter says, look, we're... uh," And never finished his sentence. Like, what was he going to say there? Is he going to say, like, look, like, we don't really care that much. We're not family. We want to do the bare minimum. Let's we're get out of like, here with the least damage. We're to help this guy, but, like, we don't, we're not, like, yeah. There's a lot said in the unsaid. So, yeah. So, again, he's dealing with not your typical arrangement. And I think he realizes that the second time Walter... Like, has his outburst. And it's like, okay. So, okay. I'm going to mention a a detail. An incredibly minute detail. You, of all people? Brad, for you? Perhaps to make up. That's spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) 
That little, that's a little Star Trek reference. I took some creative license I like with it. it. I get it. <laughs> I'm glad. I get. I, I got that Star Trek reference. Um, <laughs> Amazing. If you look at one, let's say one forty six twenty eight. I'm going there now. This is kind of between. What am I looking at? This is a split second. I don't know how many frames. When when Donnelly glances back at the dude. No, this is this is um, we're 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 back at the beach area now. Oh one forty. Oh one four. I was sorry. I was at one forty five twenty eight. Sorry. So pretty much, if you watch right after we transition there, and if you look in the sky, there's this weird artifact in the sky. It almost looks like a lightning bolt for a split second. I'm thinking it's just some imperfection in the film. Screen right, screen left. Where? It's kind of in the center. Look in the look in the sky. You'll have to watch it from like from like oh, twenty eight. Yeah, I see that. No, I see it. Yeah, Jesus, how did like I never right, notice like that? Right above that boy. What the fuck? Yeah, weird, isn't it? Did you say right above that boy? 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 I don't know how you say that? B U O Y. How do you pronounce that? I never knew. Did you? Boy? 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 Please stop. <laughs> said that word out loud <laughs> why how do you say it <laughs> boo <laughs> boo it's fucking french it's boo man boo well right above that boo you can kind of see it and it's just a weird imperfection and I'll tell you what because I'm a detail guy right now Do you know how I noticed that? How did you know? <laughs> I was watching the again, watching the minute, and I paused it just randomly for whatever reason. Just as I'm going through the minute, I'm watching this scene. This and pa- I paused it, and that was on the screen. I paused it right at that. It's there for maybe two frames. That seems next to impossible you know but i'm trying to pause it there yeah, i don't right think now. you could do it again if you tried but i was there on the pause <sighs> i was paused right on that that thing this weird little imperfection which i don't know what is that a hair got on the negative before it was exposed like that's what it could be you're running this film i'm just thinking a assuming hair, a hair is gonna be film. a hair is gonna be dark no. It's blocking light. Yes. Okay. So right. that's, I was overthinking it. That's fucking weird. Now, okay, you have your well, negative. Well, it could have been a hair on the print. Right. Yeah. Well, it could have been a hair that got on the negative when they made their positive. Right. Yeah. So, but Jesus, hair. really? You know, they are in clean rooms here. That's a big hair. And what's weird is... It takes up the sky down to Catalina Island in the distance, and it looks curiously like lightning. I mean, it could be some kind of weird daytime lightning. 
there's it clouds looks out there. It's curiously like lightning, but it's not quite like lightning at not the same quite, time. Not quite, not quite, but. I don't know. It could be now that I originally thought it would not be lightning, but now I'm. But think about I'm a going hair. back to it could be lightning. Well, here's the question Is it on more than one frame? Well, why would that matter? Because if it's a hair, it can't be on multiple frames in the exact same spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. again, we've watched this is now digitized. Like, I don't know how we look at it frame by frame. Right. Like, even if it's like your Blu-ray that you're watching at 24p, it's, is that literally every frame is a, a picture of the motion picture frame? Maybe. I don't really know. No, it's not, because it's 2398, really. It really just is, because at some point there was a digital intermediate. I, well, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. I would say it's a un- buoy, Brad. Buoy. It's a buoy. 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 No, it's not. It doesn't have to be buoy. I'm going to say there's multiple pronunciations. Like maybe there's an East Coast and West Coast way. Where did you grow up? Well, I grew up on the East. And I think it's an East way. Yeah, buoy. Up, oh, boy. 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 Stop. Can you hear it? Just stop. Here, listen. Yeah, buoy. I hear what you're saying, but it's buoy. All right, buoy boy. You say buoy. Buoy. You say boy, which is a different word. Boy. Boy. Yeah, all right. All right. I'll give you that. Somewhere in the middle. But it's not boy. It's not just boy. <laughs> Come on. Um, boy. Yeah, you're right. It's not boy. It's not boy. Oh, it is boy. Boy, well, according to Cambridge Dictionary, they have the weird little... I don't give a shit about those sausage eaters, man. Well, it has both the U.S. and the U.K. pronunciation, and for both words, and for both U.S. and U.K., it's pronounced slash B, reverse C, little uppercase I, slash. What language is that again? <laughs> which, which is some kind of phonetic encoding of the sound. Which actually says boy. Bowie. It's a boy. B-O-Y and B-O-U-Y. In any case. Bowie. 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 Boy. It's a buoy. Bowie. The buoy boy. In any case, <laughs> this lightning strike comes down kind of around where the buoy boy is. It does, but it doesn't First reach all the way your, down to the buoy no, boy. No, it doesn't. First release your Tully toggle and then observe the buoy boy. Oh, I can't pause it on. I don't know how you did that. It was just really fucking stupid, dumb luck. But there it is. Are you watching the iTunes version? No. Well, yes. Sorry. Yes. It'll be interesting to go back to the Netflix version. Oh, wait. Gone. You can't. But you have the Blu-ray. I don't have a Blu-ray player, but I do have the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Although I do have a DVD well, you have the player DVD now. At least. No, I... Lent that to Camilo, and he never gave it back to me. Mm-hmm. I do have the movie on Amazon Prime as well. I'll have to load that up and see if the little imperfection or lightning strike or whatever it is is there I, uh, in that version as well. I would wager that 
the version that iTunes has is probably the same version that Amazon Prime has, but maybe a different version than the Blu-ray has, yeah. and almost certainly a different version than the DVD has. But I think if like they're going to distribute this digital version out to different distributors, mm-hmm. it's going to be the same one. They're not going to re-encode it for some fucking reason. Well, you never know. They might. You never know, but... Well, I guess the question is, what do they re-encode it from? Like, they're not re-scanning the film, the print. They're not taking it bowling. It's not taking your turn. Not, not buying it a fucking beer. beer. Right? Well, they are fucking re-scanning the film at some point. They're not... Because when they made the DVD in 1999... That's an MPEG right. two. They're not taking the MPEG two and re-encoding it to like an MP four, like a high definition MP four for the Blu-ray. You know, they do have to go back to the film because what existed in nineteen ninety nine, nothing except the DVD and the film print, right? Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, I feel like when they make the DVD, so again, it's this time. Around 1999, are there any digital effects in this movie? Yes, obviously. There's compositing for the magic carpet rides. So they scan this in, yes. And so they scan this in... To a digital intermediate of some sort, into a computer where they can do some effects. Okay, I'm going to go way out of my depth here. But how I believe they do that... Again, because it's filmed, because nowadays it's just distributed digitally, who knows? But this time, they eventually had to make a film print of it. Yes, of course. So what they would do, in essence, so you have your film medium, here's your 24 frames a second. In essence, you have 24 images a second. Mm-hmm. They would scan that film in. In essence, is like making 24 still images. Yes. It's not a video encoding that I would say would work in a, a very different method. This is like, just like, you know, like, oh, you're scanning of a still photograph. You're scanning each individual frame. Then you're manipulating each individual frame. Then you, then you have, okay, you're, you're however many frames, and then you can print those back out. <clears throat> what does it all mean? I don't know. Well, I'm with you. I'm with you. So my point, I guess, is... What's your fucking point dude <laughs> they had to they scan these in frame at a time it's not like they're scanning it in as an mpeg 2 or anything they're capturing it as like a bunch of uncompressed highly detailed still images may i offer a counter argument please do they only had to scan in the portions of the film where they needed to manipulate individual frames which yes which wasn't with you on that many scenes it was the magic carpet ride probably you know a shit ton in the dream sequence um i don't know maybe some other shit but um so what they would do is scan in those little portions Manipulate them in the computer because you wouldn't put the whole movie in there because right. it was just too much time, which means money. Then they would, you know, make those nice. <clears throat> then they would have 
they would print those back out onto film and then the film editor who was who Joel Cohen's wife or Ethan Cohen who was it I don't know it's not Francis McDormand is that Joel's wife then it's Ethan's wife I can't she, keep them straight she's which the, one's which she's the film editor so then they would give her like here is a piece of film probably with some head and tail on either end some leeway and then she would literally cut that and splice it back into the giant rolls that constitute the actual movie. So this shot is just fucking film. There's no visual effects here. So whatever this is, this is a fuck up on the actual celluloid somehow, whether it's or between... when they scanned it somehow. What what do you mean when they to get, make the digital version? No, I guess you're right. It could. I guess all I, I was thinking think of so. it could be something. Although this seems unlikely now that I say it, something that was between the film and the scanner. I don't think so because you know, like you pointed out, that wouldn't be just one flash frame. You know, It'd probably be there and like and then go off. You know, it just wouldn't show mm-hmm. up for a frame. Right. This is more like. A hair I mean, got stuck between yeah. the negative and the positive. Right. Or there was a... Um, but don't they... Yeah. Wouldn't they use the negative somehow as a cleaner, more more resolute version well, to make this... No, so now we're getting deep into it, but there is... We're getting deep into it, but do they always use the positive to make these things? Wouldn't you want to use the negative? But you can't, right? Because there's no like way to... Well, you can scan the the negative and then digitally turn it into a positive. But if they did that, if if they did that, then this would this would be a hair. Then this could very well be a hair. You're right. No, you're wrong. A hair. No, it would be on one frame. You're still all all confused before. Would a hair be white or dark? Well, if you're going from a negative. But if the hair was on the negative, it would be white. You're right. Right, because now you're because by the time you reverse it like to make the, the right movie, right, right. Once you process they, it, it would be white. Yeah, if the if the hair was on the negative is, that was unexposed in the camera, then it would be black. Right, Jesus Lord. But I think when did a hair become so problematic? <laughs> how does a hair? How does a simple little white squiggle? Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, that's got to be a hair though. That is not a lightning strike because you don't notice, like even if it's the middle of the day, you see some clouds out by Catalina Island there. But even if it's the middle of the day, I think you would notice like some more like exposure change, like it would brighten up some shit. Even around the island and the water surrounding it, somehow lightning is intensely bright. You don't notice that. I think it's a fucking hair. So here's the other thing that happens. I could be wrong on this also, but I believe when they scan this shit in frame by frame. Did you just do some research? Which maybe we're saying you don't know. This is comes from a long time ago. There was because I had this software. That I played with. I can't remember what it was called, but it's surprising. So there's this software called GIMP. 
Yeah, it's Photoshop Lite. It's free it's, Photoshop. It's like Photoshop, but it's open source. It's made for Linux. We can also now get it on Windows and Mac OS X. Right. It's kind of like what, what Windows is to Linux, Photoshop is to GIMP. Or, yeah. You could get that shit 10 years ago. Well, they, yeah. Well, they made a, and this is probably 10 years ago I was screwing around with this. There's some version of the GIMP. Like some, so, so, so in essence, Hollywood like took the GIMP and made this kind of uh, fork of it where, again, it was very easy. It's like, okay, I've just scanned in. I have like thousands of frames and you can just kind of like click, 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 go by it frame by frame and like edit each frame. So and and the main use of this, I was told now, granted, you could do things like, say, I want to bring the saturation up on all frames. So that was one of the modifications, right? You could do this kind of batch on all these images, do the same thing. The other thing that I was told they used it for is because it has the little heel tool. They use it to remove dust and hairs. So it's someone's job to go through frame by frame and remove the dust and hair. Now, maybe I'm way off on this because even saying it out loud, that sounds kind of fucking crazy. You're not way off. You're correct. But like you don't use the GIMP like there's a multitude of tools that do this. And like, yes, they do this like hairs do get in there and fuck things up. It's like wire removal when, you know, Ryan Gosling or Christian Bale's flying around, you know, they they do it all the time. But they don't have to use the fucking GIMP, and they don't have to do it, you know, with an image editor. There's there's fucking video editors that can go frame by frame, and it's fucking rotoscoping, man. But they're well, not I'm doing this saying, here, and if they were doing it, then we wouldn't see this hair like. Well, my point is, if it's a hair, why didn't they just use this offshoot of the GIMP to, like, heal it away? Because Joel and Ethan weren't around when they did this transfer. And they just said, no, this is clean. It's been in our vault. It's sealed in a, you know, metal disc. We'll open it up, put it in the projector. Bam. It's good. What could possibly go wrong? Whoops. There was a fucking hair. So unless this is why I was so disappointed when I went to, you know, the Angelica and they had the Big Lebowski showing and I'm like, holy shit, I get to see the Big Lebowski again in a theater and I show up, and they're playing the Blu-ray menu on repeat until it's like, oop, and then you see the mouse cursor go, beep, 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 play, right. and then it play. I'm like, well, fuck, I could watch that at home. Yeah, well, you get the group, I mean, there is something to say about watching it with a group of fans. All 12 of them. Even better, man, tight-knit group. <laughs> We're spread out in a 500-person yeah. theater, it sucked. That's how I saw a Crank 2. I've told that story before. Maybe. I told this story before, too. I don't care. But I had my microphone all set up with a little thing around it, gutterballs.tv. I was going around, and it's just, I was in a vast wasteland of nobody. And I was embarrassed. And I went and put it back out in the car before I went and saw the movie. I don't know. This is a hair. It's a fucking hair. It's a fucking hair. Is it really only for a frame? I mean, that would be that would be the, the test. Get your... Uh, well, see if it's on the DVD. I just managed to pause it on the fucking hair slash lightning bolt. 
But you're not able to take a fucking screenshot of it, so who cares? I could take a photo of it with my phone. You could take phone. a photo of it with your phone, at least, yeah. I think the answer is... It's a hair. It's it's a hair, I guess. It, we could prove it if we could get it frame by frame. Does it appear on more than one frame? That would be the answer. Because it seems like it might be more than one frame to me. Or does it, if it is lightning, you might, it might appear on several frames in like slightly different I think, yeah, and so would a hair, but I think you'd be able to tell the difference between a hair change and a lightning change. Because lightning would fork and be brighter and dimmer, and a hair would just kind of be there and maybe like vibrate or shimmy a little. Mm -hmm. It could also be a crack in the emulsion. That, that I've seen those two, although I don't know how that would happen on like this one frame randomly like that. Well, that's another way we could, you know, determine if that was the case, although it doesn't look like it's going all the way to the top of the frame. But if we advance to the next frame and it was on the bottom there, then right. we would know. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say that's a fucking hair. I think hair's the best guess. We'll go with hair. Here, look at this. Look at this, though. If if you... Ex well, you're not seeing it. But on the, le on the left side of this lightning hair, mm -hmm. it's shadowy. So the light is hitting it, and there's a shadow on the left side of it. Lightning would not have a shadow. It would be intensely bright. Even in the middle of the day, there wouldn't be a shadow around it. There would just be, like, a glow. I mean, I'll, I'll send, I'll upload this fucking picture here. I'll yeah, let me see right what now. you're talking about. Because I, mean, I have, a, so it could also be. Now, keep in mind, I'm taking this solarization. Off my screen. It's not, man. You've you've seen because if it's a lightning bolt, there there could be, and again, it's so bright, there could be some solarization around it. It's obviously not very bright. <laughs> you know, lightning bolts are brighter than the fucking sun. So what you sent me is crazy. Is it? What you sent me looks like it goes from the sky, then across the ocean, and then on top of the... Uh... That's my hand. I'm taking a picture of my... It's a reflection of... Here, I'll oh, turn the I light see it off. So, right. where, so where... Okay, on, you're right. Dude. So where is... I don't see the hair then. The I hair only see is your the hand. lightning bolt. The white part here. Jesus. Okay, I think I see what you're talking about. This doesn't do nothing. Although I can see the little flakes of skin and stuff on your on your monitor. That's that we all have. But <laughs> it's just cool to look at yours. Hey, I feel a little closer to you now. My skin is universal and also so they say most dust is made up of human skin. So, here, look at this shit. Maybe this will do you better. There. Fascinating radio. Once again, we've managed to outdo ourselves. We've really done it. We've really... All right. Yeah. Well... Whatever. It's probably a hair. It's, it's, it's a hair. It's, it's just hair. coming out of nothingness. It's a hair. You know what's weird? Well, it's definitely not lightning. I'll say that much. Definitely not lightning. Can you see the shadow, though, on the left side of it? No. You're not looking very hard. You gotta I, zoom in. No, you know what? You're not going to be able to see it. You know what? It's all resolution, Brad, because you see the pixels on the monitor. It's all fucking... You're, it's double layers of resolution now. Right. Well, and the pixels have a certain shape and format, too. It's bad. 
Do you know what's weird, though? Two weird things. Number one, I stepped in a giant pile of dog shit last night. And number two, we hear a bunch of seagulls everywhere. And seagulls are the same the world over, Brad. They're, they look the same whether you're in fucking Alaska or Tierra del Fuego. Seagulls are fucking seagulls. Now, isn't that weird? Like, seagulls above the Arctic Circle still look like fucking seagulls. There's polar bears up there. You go down to the South Pole in Antarctica, maybe not quite there, but just, uh, you know, southern tip of South America. Seagulls look like fucking seagulls. No polar bears down there. Like, species and animals, they change depending on their climate and environment, but not fucking seagulls. They're always the same. Why is that? Here's these seagulls in fucking southern L.A., in the sunken city. But if you go to, like, you know, fucking Japan, seagulls are the same. They look the same. They sound they're the same. Their their dominion is the, is the whole world. world since they travel the seaways. It's kind of like Lebowski. Well, they travel the seaways. <laughs> sure, they land on boats. Where? Right on that poop deck. <laughs> <laughs> Next time on Gutterball. In accordance with what we think your dying wishes might well have been. <laughs> <laughs>